You are listening. Your only hope for joy and your only hope for peace and your only hope for comfort and your only hope for love and your only hope for strength in life is found in the cross of Jesus Christ. Your only hope in life is found in the brutal, bloody, humiliating, horrifying death of a naked man on a wooden post. So feel the horror here. We wear crosses around our necks as jewelry and we put them up on the walls in our homes. But you did not do that in the first century. But this is even worse because cross crucifixion was the most brutal, torturous, shameful, gruesome way to kill someone reserved for barbarians and slaves. And let's admit it, this is absurd to Americans. Take the successful American businessman with a nice job and a big house and a cool car. And take the free-thinking American woman who thrives on her independence from everything, including God. Take them both outside to a city dump where in a back alley, a naked man is hanging by nails on a tree, covered in blood. And you tell that man and that woman, your only hope in life is believing that this man is God and your eternity is dependent on submitting to him as your judge, your master, and your Lord. That man and that woman will laugh, roll their eyes, at most feel sorry for this man in his deranged condition and walk away. Why do so many people in the world look at the cross and see folly, while you and I look at the cross and see forgiveness? You see power in the cross of Christ only because of the mercy of God who has called your name. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you. I'm in all of you. Where you love ran red and my sin washed white. I owe all to you. I owe all to you, Jesus. Romans 3.23 Sure, I have heard some very godly men say that if they had to lose the entire Bible and could pick only one passage, this is the passage they would hold. Because in this passage is found the very salvation of man. First of all, he says, for all have sinned. All have sinned. Why don't we tremble? Why don't we know how terrible this is? We don't know how much we've sinned in the same way a fish doesn't know how wet it is. We were born in sin. We were conceived in sin. We were born in a fallen world of sin. The only thing we've ever known is sin. Our society, as Scripture says, drinks down iniquity like it was water. And you need to know this, that if it were not for the common grace of God restraining you in your unconverted state, you would make Hitler look like a choir boy. What we do not understand is what Scripture teaches about men. Men are evil. Imagine this for a moment. God stands there on the day of creation 
and he tells planets to put themselves in certain orbits in space and they all bow down and say amen and obey him. He tells stars to, to find their place in the sky and to follow his decree to the letter and they all bow down and obey him. He tells mountains to be lifted up and valleys to be cast down and they bow down and worship. He tells the brave sea, you will come to this point and you will come no further and the sea adores. And God tells you to come and you go, no! How wicked is our sin. The only way to truly appreciate the love of God and the grace of God is to see the pitch dark blackness of man. And when you see the pitch dark blackness of your own heart, and then you realize that God moved in love for you, it causes you to fall down on your knees with the greatest esteem and worship God. said, today I want to talk to you about sex. And so I immediately go, uh oh, this could be a problem. And, and he took a red rose and he smelled it and he showed how pretty it was. And then he threw it out into the crowd. He goes, everybody needs to smell this. There's about a thousand of us there, almost all of us college and high school. Smell the rose. I want you to smell it. I want you to touch it. I want you to see the texture in it. Do it, do it. And I'm going to teach. And, and then he began what honestly, up until this day, and this might have to do with my heart. I don't, I'm still wrestling. Um, was one of the worst most horrific handlings of what sex is and what it isn't that I ever sat through. It, it was fear-mongering at, at its best. It was, um, you don't want syphilis, do you? And everybody's smiling and having a good time until there's herpes on your lip, and you, right? And so I'm just thinking, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and then as it wraps up, he goes, where's my, where's my rose? Where, where, where is it? Where's, where's my rose? 
And, you know, some kid came up the road, just completely jacked up. It's broken. The things are off. The pedals are broken. And, and he lifts it up, and his big crescendo, I mean, his point is to hold up that rose and go, now who would want this? Who would want this rose? And I remember feeling anger, like real, legitimate, I want to hurt him, anger. And it was all I could do not to scream out, Jesus wants the rose. That's the point of the gospel, that Jesus wants the rose, that he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ won. You're not even teaching the basics of our faith. Our Savior displayed on a criminal's cross. And darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in him. of my God and my lungs have not yet developed the ability to release a breath with enough agility to breathe out the greatness of his love and my voice you see my voice is so inhibited restrained by human limits that it's hard to even send the praise up you see if there are words for him then I don't have them my God his grace is remarkable mercies are innumerable strength is impenetrable he is honorable accountable favorable he's unsearchable yet knowable indefinable yet approachable indescribable yet personal he is beyond comprehension further than imagination constant through generations king of every nation but if there are words for him then I don't have them you see my words are few 
and to try and capture the one true God using my vocabulary would never do but I use words as an expression an expression of worship to a savior a savior who is both worthy and deserving of my praise so I use words my heart extols the Lord blesses his name forever he has won my heart captured my mind and is bound them both together. He has defeated me in my rebellion, conquered me in my sin. He has welcomed me into his presence, completely invited me in. He has made himself the object of my sight, flooding me with mercies in the morning, drowning me with grace in the night. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. But what I do have is good news. For my God knew that man-made words would never do. For words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the word, living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, giving nothingness formation. And by his word he sustains in the power of his name. For he is before all things, and over all things he reigns. Holy is his name, so praise him for his life. The way he persevered in strife, the humble son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice. Praise him for his death. That he willingly stood in our place, that he lovingly endured the grave, that he battled our enemy and on the third day rose in victory. He is everything that was promised. Praise him as a risen king. Lift your voice and sing. For one day he will return for us and we will finally be united with our Savior for eternity. Eternity. So it's not just words that I proclaim. For my words point to the word and the word has a name. Hope has a name. Joy has a name. Peace has a name. Love has a name. Jesus Christ, praise his name forever. of his holiness. It's, it's the way he puts his holiness on display for, for people to apprehend. The heavens are telling the glory of God. What does that mean? It means he's shouting at us. He shouts with clouds. He shouts with blue expanse. He shouts with gold on the horizons. 
He shouts with galaxies and stars. He's shouting, I am glorious. Open your eyes. Do you see it? Do you love it? You were made for this. I'm made for this. This is why I exist, to see that. Everything is pointing to that. All the glory that I thought was so attractive is going there. This is all husks and ashes. Now we see through a glass darkly. Then, face to face, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. So the glory that's coming is of such an all-satisfying, infinitely beautiful, totally need-meeting and joy-producing kind. 80 years of pain will be as nothing. This light, momentary affliction is working for us an eternal weight of what? Glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. God is aiming that we see and savor and treasure His glory, the riches of His glory. So I ask, do you see it? Do you love it? And I'll say again, you were made for this.
glory. Let there be peace. Let there be peace. We're singing glory, glory. Let there be peace. Let it start in me. Let there be peace. Let it start in me. 